Welcome to the Hills and Valleys video podcast. I'm Sonia Verhel. Hey, and I'm Eva Iwaran, and we're just happy that y'all are going to join us. Uh, we're going to really just try to stretch every ounce of our brain here today, and we just hope that you'll come back to our show and join us. We've had a lot of current events going on the past couple weeks, and, and we just want to share our hearts with you today. And um, yeah, we've got a lot of guests. We want to keep it interesting, and we really want to just listen. So. Yeah, so if we're going to start with the introduction of our panel here, and we're going to start to my right. Hi, I'm Uriel Rogers. I'm from the U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Thomas. Some people call it Rock City. Uh, so yeah, I'm from the Caribbean. Hi, my name is Edna Govea. I am originally from Angola, but I live in Louisiana and currently in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, uh, my name is Buster Swoops. I'm a professor of religion at Southwestern Adventist University. Uh, I was actually born in Germany. My dad uh, was a military, but since I was two years old, I lived in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, my extended family is all in Decatur, Alabama, and uh, I've been here in Texas for the last 14 years. So anyway, we're really excited. We want to share with you. We don't want to, um, Sonia and I, this is our first podcast, and we don't want to take up too much time because we have some great stories that we want to be shared today and I think we just want to give it over to to our guests and we'll come back in our next podcast and introduce ourselves. Living here in Texas for the last 14 years um, about a year and a half um, ago I was in Arlington driving and um, you know I was stopped and you know I thought maybe it was just a routine stop and um, it turned out to escalate to being at gunpoint and um, you know I was I was afraid you know I was fearful that I was going to lose my life and I felt like it was unnecessary it wasn't warranted and um, and so uh, I, I'm sharing this experience with you that you know, it is real. Sometimes, you know, you could be someplace, you could be even at the right place. And there are times where you could be profiled, uh, mistreated, you know, and so on. So that's been my experience uh, about a year and a half ago. And, um, you know, I, you know, I chose to be at that moment, though I was afraid, I chose to put my life in God's hands saying, you know, despite the circumstance, despite, you know, the situation, um, whatever his will is, you know, I, I, I'm willing to accept that. And so, but I do also think it's important for people to be aware that, you know, there are times where discrimination exists. There are times where profiling may exist. And, um, you know, if you look like me or if you are a minority, uh, you know, I think there are two sides to it, you know. Um, so as a Christian, you know, I think, you know, our, our, our goal is to be like God. And so, um, you know, not that we are perfect, but we are striving to be like him in character. And so I think when we interact with somebody who doesn't look like us, it is important for us to, to, like, to be understanding and uh, 
have a heart of service. And so if you have that, then you don't see, uh, you know, you don't have time to be caught up with distractions, to, to profile, to discriminate, and to hate. And so um, I, I think as Christians, uh, we need to bridge that gap between, you know, like we're, our identity as Christians and our backgrounds, you know, whether we're, you know, people of color, people of different backgrounds, you know, where, wherever we're from, it's important for us to come together uh, with our heart of service. And so I already had some questions for you because I listened to your whole story earlier this week and it kind of made me think of the story that happened um, with Floyd. And it, it, it just reminded me like being very similar, only in his case, it turned out really ugly. It, it was very, you know, he died from, you know, this asphyxiation. As, yeah, right. And not being able to breathe. And so when I heard your story, I was like, wow, there's a huge similarity. And this is happening all the time. And one thing that made me like just in your story and everything there was you didn't tell this part to our audience but there was something that was happening with your window if you could share what was happening with your window um i my, at that time my vehicle worked the 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 power window wasn't working all the time and mm. this particular oh. day mm. uh, it was working yeah. and so it was important for me they they stopped me and there was a loudspeaker and four officers had guns pointed at me and it was important for me to show them that i was cooperative so i they asked me to put toss my keys or my remote for my vehicle outside and to come outside the vehicle and at that time i still had on my seatbelt. so my passenger actually i asked them to help me release the seatbelts so they could see I'm cooperating, mm -hmm. and that my not, and that I'm not giving them any reason mm -hmm. to uh, escalate any more force that was already, um, you know, that they were exercising. So um, I was able to get out of the vehicle and uh, walk towards them safely without being shot. Because mm -hmm. if this would have happened any other day and your window would have got jammed because you were having problems with your window, you know, you might not be here today because of how many people were there and they might have thought you were uncooperative. Mm -hmm. But by the, yes. by the grace of God, your window cooperated, correct? Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes, right. that's correct. Right. So anyway, I, I just felt like when I heard that story, I was like there were so many similarities and so many people the story resonates with. And, you know, we, we can just talk about um, everybody was, you know, this week has been really outraged with that. And that's why they're, right. they started the looting and the rioting. And then it went into criticism for that. And you, and you weren't able to really figure out and distinguish <laughs> what side you should be taking, you know, because people were saying the rioting and the looting were taking away from Floyd's story. Because then all of a sudden, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, anybody else want to add to or have a question? A question, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're we're here obviously because of what what 
took place on, on May 25th, I believe, with uh, Mr. George Floyd. But really, he was the tip of the iceberg. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. He was the tip of the iceberg because... We have other names. We have other names. We've got... A long list. Freddie Gray, Eric Garner, Breonna Taylor, and on and on. Philando Castillo. In the same city, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and Ahmad. On. Ahmad Aubrey would just occurred, and yep. that was not that was not police brutality, but that's a whole other story on how the police were actually brought. Um, they they they, you know, this was reported to the police, but nothing happened until the film was released to the public. Right. And then, which brings me. Then to you th- wonder why. Now, let me just say it out, point blank: violence is not the way. No. It's not good. Looting is terrible. At least for us Christians, you know, that's what we believe. However, then you wonder, then people wonder why people go to these extremes of looting and rioting because we have seen that only when the people start complaining, right, then There's, something then is done about wants it. Then somebody to listen. Right, then, 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 they're, then, then they're brought to accountability. The, the, the police and the leaders and the authorities are brought into accountability. And so don't wait until people get, get to, to that, that point. point. Just right. do what's right because it's right. You know, if that taping of, you know, Ahmed Aubrey's awful, terrible death would not have been released into circulation, then nothing would have been done so i i didn't personally watch it because i just heard how violent and disgusting and ugly it was and so i just listened to the story but i didn't want to read up on it but what what i've seen um you know we've been watching and seeing so many memes on facebook and social media and one of them is that racism isn't getting worse it's just being filmed So all of these, you know, now we're starting to get recordings of like it's it's never stopped. Like hate has been hate, you know, it's been there. But the problem is now people got their cell phone always with them. Otherwise, we wouldn't have that to be able to go back and watch those two, the, these two stories that we're talking about specifically today. Correct. And um, one I think Sonia and I watched recently, and I don't know if you saw it. It was the oh, Christian, lady Christian in New York. Cooper, right, in, in, in uh, oh, yeah. Central Park. In Central Park. And so he was, he was, um, she was in an area of the park that dogs needed to be on their leash. And uh, backstory, like on an interview he did afterwards, he mentioned that he had seen this happen before, and he said that the next time he saw this happen, he would record it. Okay, so when she said she was going to call the police, he started, you know, he started to record it. And then, you know, that's when she said, I'm going to tell them an African-American man is threatening my life, which she wasn't doing. And um, uh, in the end, you know, it was about a minute and 20, 20 second video. Um, He stopped the video. But I don't, you know, he didn't know. Obviously, that's what she was going to say, that she was going to go there. Uh, I think his intention was just that he just wanted the right thing to be done in that area of the park and she just wasn't willing to comply and she said she felt threatened. Well, she ended up losing her job and I think, you know, later in the videos that interviews he's been doing, he's mentioned that, you know, obviously he didn't want her to lose her job and, and that she apologized for what she said. But I think that, you know, you know, you know, obviously we don't want her to lose her job, but I really think that that's going to give her 
it's time to reflect on what happened, like what she said, and you know, um, hopefully it'll give other people also like time to think about reflecting on that as well because um, he wasn't threatening her. He had no weapon. He was bird watching. Last time I checked, they had, there's no bird watchers in jail, and or <laughs> that have been have been a threat to society, and so. Um, and in all reality, like, you know, people were talking about his background, like he was a Harvard grad and all this and that. But in the end, if the police would have came, they would not have asked him for his resume or a degree or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. They would have seen a black man and a white woman and her crying damsel in distress, you mm -hmm. know, at that moment. And what she, what her lie or her lying to them on the phone could have cost him his life. I mean, thankfully it didn't, but it could have had they came. And, we're, and we're, we're talking about a situation of a bird watcher and somebody walking their dog. I mean, right. And yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't think he expected it to escalate to the point where she was going to say that, but she chose to go there. I mean, she could have just she said, chose a to man. Play, she, she chose she to didn't play have to say, uh, She didn't have to like play the race card at that moment. Right. And she did because she knew that she would get somewhere with it. That's why she did that. Yeah. And I think... Um, one thing I'm happy about is that this is actually bringing us to a point of actually having conversations and not just with black people with black people or white people with white people, but cross the lines. Uh, we've seen a lot of people stand with saying this was absolutely wrong And it. But I'm glad that it's giving us a broader spectrum of not just this incident, but past incidences and also uh, people asking, calling me, asking, what's, what's your story? What, what What's your idea in all of this? And I think that's that's the biggest clue and the biggest picture here, which is talking about a system of systemic uh, uh, racism, and, but also how to overcome it. And with that comes education right. of the next generation. I can tell you this, the generations are coming pa uh, coming further. It's getting better. It, it really is. And I, I had a friend of mine said, are, well, then are we just waiting for it to die off? And it's like, well, as long as there's still people educating the other way, right. it will never die off. Right. And so therefore, we have to uh, try to have as many conversations of sharing why this is wrong and how we can improve it uh, so that so we can overcome it. Now, will we ever overcome it on this side of Earth? <laughs> I, I'm no. praying, I'm praying, but no. I, I don't think no. we will. Right. I don't think we will. And and, you know, as a Christian, my my first identity is this is something that that I've learned throughout the years. My first identity is to be a Christian. Right. That's my. That's where I first find my identity, and then it's things like, okay, I am also a female. I'm also Angolan. You know, I'm African. I am. Um, I am also a physician, researcher. I am also a daughter. I'm a sister. But the first layer is that I am a Christian, and and so I'm. I'm gonna say it in a took something you said, but say it in a different context. To, please, to where please. you're like, are we just waiting for it to die off? And I feel like as Christians myself included mm -hmm. okay i have because i have been um most of my life i've been one to sort of just avoid conflict i don't want to deal with it i don't want to spend the energy in it um just let me live my life <laughs> <laughs> um but but i feel like as christians we have sometimes just sort of okay well let's let's just Give it some time, so you just kind of go away and 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 you know. Jesus fix it. Jesus fix it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I won't do anything, but Jesus, you can. Yes, and just let it go Jesus away take the wheel. because yeah. it's it's just gonna make people angry and it's going to ruffle feathers and it's gonna rub people the wrong way and all. But then, 
Jesus. Mm. You know? He ruffled a lot of feathers. He ru- because he mm-hmm. was a God follower. Right. He was God. He is God. But he was, let's say, a believer. And he just had to say the things he had to say because he had to speak on behalf of those who could not who were being oppressed disenfranchised disenfranchised marginalized and who were being oppressed by this justice system that was not that that was skewed <coughs> right and so and, and so eva you also mentioned like man then you're like you don't want to speak out because then it's like, <laughs> you know what my consolation is and yes i have spoken out on my social media and i think the total number of comments on one of my posts it's like 80 something comments because we were going back and forth and not just myself and this other individual but other people that jumped in and gave their points of views and other believers thankfully um but but my consolation is that you know what if jesus had backlash like but he had real backlash right not just you we're on our computers you know um if he had backlash and he still went on because it was out of love and compassion and duty that he did it and as an example then how am i not going to have backlash you know yeah it's a little mini version of 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 you know if christ suffered then i'm going to i'm not greater than my master you know jesus christ i i said i I would love for there to be another voice to stand on the other side so i'm going to play that voice how would you respond to this? Because I've had, I've, had, I've had people that have come to me and said this. Well, Jesus could have taken up a lot of uh, things of, of social injustice at his time. There was slavery during Jesus' time, but he didn't really touch on those. He was just about his father's business. How do, how do, we, hit, how do we hit back on that? His, his, his life and his... Um, now you told me, Pastor. Is it <laughs> Isaiah 60, 60... Preach. Something. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but that basically he came to set those free, yeah. um, set, the set the captives free. Luke 4, his he, first ministry, that's what he does. He opens up uh, in the synagogue and he reads that scripture. And, 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 that, and yes, he did come to be about his father's business, yeah. but that was his father's business. Yes. So seeking out, reaching out to those who were the least of these. Amen. That was his. So yeah. they they're right when they say he was about his father's business, but his father's business was about reaching out to the people who were seen less than, who were the discriminated against, the, the oppressed. And, and I'm glad you said that because he called us to be about his father's business, so and we said how it? in Matthew 25:40, when you've done it on the least of these, to my the brethren, least of these, you've, you've done, done it unto me. It unto yes, me. Right. exactly. And those and so, those who are in the prison, those who 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 deserve to be in prison, those who are in prison. Uh, those who are considered least then, uh, those who are homeless, those who are disenfranchised, to look after them. And I don't know the verse exactly, but I believe it's in James. That, you know, he kind of talked about really not discriminating. And not so partiality, not right? Not partiality, yeah. right. And so basically, you know, it doesn't matter what job you hold, if, you, you know, if you're sweeping the floors or picking up trash. He looked at each at every person as equal you know it didn't matter skin color where they came from what job they held but we as sinners and we have to like you were talking about really get to the heart of the matter you know i am a sinner i was born a sinner i still have sin there's parts of me that i need to look really really closely at to examine because not only you know right now white 
people are under, you know, the, I guess you could say the, the thumb or whatever being pressed because yes, it, racism can exist in all of our hearts. So to examine that, I mean, just a quick story. Um, I went to Haiti about a year and a half ago and I went in just thinking, okay, I, I just really want to go and see. And people were saying, hey, this is a dangerous country. You could, you know, I would fear if I was going. My dad always told me, do not fear where you go. Mm -hmm. I will be with you. If it's your last day, okay. So I went, but one thing that happened in my heart, I didn't even know I had a problem in this area, right? So I get there and I show up and there's a little fear creeps in because all of a sudden, I'm the minority, so there was I, mm. it got, the coin kind of got flipped. Mm -hmm. So it was really interesting. But God gave me love for the people of Haiti. He he gave, and I didn't like I said I didn't know that there was something cracked, something missing when I arrived. But he he soon showed me my sin, my own sin, and he was able to fill that with love and compassion. And I think that's what we're lacking in our society right now mm. is really experiencing. This is what I heard earlier, and then I want y'all to keep on sharing. I don't want to, like I said, this is for you guys to just share your stories, um, to really experience one another. So I might experience your food. You know, your mom has the best cuisine. She had a restaurant that we loved eating at. Yeah, we liked that. <laughs> and um, so we, we might like Jamaican food. We might like, you know, dif different things about each other's culture or dance or music. But am I experiencing the person for who you are? Am I loving my brother and my sister in Christ? And not only that, but on the street. So right. it's really just a asking the Lord for self-examination, but he did not discriminate. He did not show partiality mm -hmm. from one he person was to the next. He was discriminated against because he didn't come from the upper class. Yeah. You know, they were like, can anything good come out of Galilee? Come on, guys. See, he didn't even go you to know? school of prophets. What's yeah, this, it's like, this yeah, I mean, he, they were threatened by his knowledge because they knew there was something special about him, but they tried to you know, they tried to suppress him by his, his, what kind of pedigree is this? Is this not the son of Joseph? Yeah. So, but to go further into what you're saying, you know, I, are you really experiencing for the, you know, my culture or, you know, for who I am as a person? And even more than that is, are you seeing things from my point of view, right? And I could say the same, am I seeing things, uh, am I seeing things from your point of view? But right now we're talking about, you know, systemic racism, specifically from whites against uh, blacks, right? And so <laughs> for me, for a long time, it was hard for me to believe that there are, are white brothers and sisters who really don't know that racism is alive and well and kicking. They right. do, and and I would think to myself, yeah, right. The, they're just trying to turn a blind eye to the. But the more I'm speaking to people, you know, the more they're in in in, in and I'm not talking about in Facebook arguments and such. No, there there have been people that I've seen, and one in particular who reached out to me and said, privately, and said, okay, but. What, what what exactly are you talking about? What what racism? And I said, you know what? Yeah. This person, from what I can tell, they're being completely genuine, and yeah. and this is an opportunity to then share, yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. right? And 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 this person was sort of afraid to ask because 
um, they said that they said that they asked it in the they asked in the wrong place and and people they got, they got oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. got mm-hmm. you know just tore the apart. wrong tore apart so 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 then it's this you know if I for example I'm sure you all know more people that are physicians and went to medical school and everything but if I come across another person who went through medical school, another physician, we just have to look at each other and be like, man, oh, those years, you know? Like, <laughs> but, and you guys may hear about it, and but you don't get it. Right. You don't understand right. what a crazy, <laughs> you know, like how much material they throw at you. And, and you may say that like, oh, yeah, I've heard it's, it's difficult. It's like... And you can't even explain it. You're like, well, it's not so much difficult. It's just the amount of material that comes your way. But 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 if I come to another physician, like we we we're here. You know. You know. You know. But but for someone who hasn't gone like been through that, they don't really get it, and they haven't seen all of the trials and challenges that come with being a medical student. Um, it's sort of. In some ways, that's how it is for, good analogy, good for, the, for the black experience. If you're not in here, if you're not a black person in the United States, and I'm going to say this, if you're not a black person in this world, mm-hmm. okay, then you have a very limited view so that you have to listen a lot and, and do this, mm-hmm. hear people's stories. And, on, and try to place yourself there in that story as much as you can, as much as you can. You know, before I went to medical school, I looked up bloggers, I looked up their experience. So then when I got there, it was almost like I already knew what kind to expect. Of new. Kind of new. Like I, the closest you can get to actually you know, without being in medical school. So if you speak to people that are black and they're living in this country, you will have no idea until you start to hear our stories and you start to hear like wait but this really happened and then you begin to see a pattern it's like yeah. oh wait but how come virtually every black person has a story like and i'm sorry i'm, I'm talking a, a bit no, no, too no, much no. but how come every black person has a story like this then you begin to see a pattern you know and and there's a pattern that is very real that you cannot deny yeah. you know and then um so so yeah so, so as christians we cannot be afraid to speak out we have to be prayerful about what we will say that's for sure because i'll tell you i've been very prayerful sometimes and other times i've been like oh no no let me say something here because you know <laughs> and, then, and i'm like okay lord maybe that wasn't the best thing to do you know like i see someone else's post and i'm like i have to speak have to. you know but do i have to there's a time for everything, right? right. Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time to speak time and a time to be silent. Right now is a time to speak. But we must do so prayerfully and we must do so not based off of aggression. Maybe anger. There's There may be a righteous indignation there. But prayerfully and with the, with the, with the wisdom of God. Okay. So right there, I just wanted to interject yeah. uh, just a couple of things because we've been anxious to speak, but we've mm-hmm. also been trying to hold back. <laughs> um, and, and just two, two things that I read. One thing was, if you're not black, don't say anything. Oh. And um, so that, yes, yes. that, yeah, was, that was one that was, you know, okay. It may not be my time to speak. So it was kind of... Did a black person say this? 
It was a meme. It was oh, just, it was okay. a meme. It was okay. a meme. Okay. And another one was, mind your business and eat your salad, Cardi B. Referring to, <laughs> I don't, you know, just. And, and let me say, I, 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 I can't speak for them, but I probably think that they're probably speaking to probably de, de, uh, de, detractors or people that are speaking against uh, what they're trying to, to talk about. Um, that the, That's the thing I've been, I've been happy to see, which is people standing in solidarity speaking against and and there's more than one way to speak out as well for me uh last week i had four to five pastors no five exactly five call me up and have conversations with me that are not my color hmm. uh, a couple are hispanic uh two are white and um and one one is actually mixed and they say they're saying what should i say how do i address this what what, what do I, where do I go? And That's said, important. And I say, address it. That's important. You know, share what you know. Yes. And don't share what you don't know, right? right. Start with what you know. If you see something and God's placing, the Holy Spirit's burning within you to say something is wrong, call it out and say something's wrong. But I've had a lot of friends, uh, uh, Caucasian pastors, that have gotten a lot of flack from their churches. And they said, I'll gladly take the flack. Um, sometimes the, the speaking out is exactly what my sister here said, Edna, which is, coming to people and saying i don't understand help me understand yes sometimes that speaking up is so that is beneficial very important and and the biggest word i think we're all talking about here is empathy mm, right. which is not just being oh i feel sorry for you good luck see you later no empathy is i i i hear your story i hear your experience and i'm trying my best to see what it's like to walk in your shoes yes and my heart yeah. breaks for what you're going through what you have been through and now because of that i can speak up now right Right, right. And my heart was breaking for, you know, you and your family because you have beautiful children. And, you know, everybody can have a family and children. Everybody's got a mom and a dad. Everybody. Do you know what I mean? So everybody has, has family. Some, everybody's got an aunt and uncle. Yes. So in that, you know, I love that song, We All Bleed the Same. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, we got family. We all, we're, all the, we're all the same. Yeah. We're all the same. And when, once we see that and once it clicks... You know, we can start having, like you said, the compassion that we that we're asked to have. Jesus asked us to have compassion one for another, and the only way is to have this kind of fellowship and to let other people share their stories. You know, um, just just the whole being silent thing has just really shook me because you know you want to share, but at the same time, you're a little afraid that you may say too much. And what I've learned is that. We should not be asking for y'all to educate us. That's one thing that I've heard. I've and, seen something like that as and well. And so I have to educate myself and make, and y'all explain if I'm getting this wrong. I should dig, I should be willing to read. I told my friend that I'm gonna be watching for experiences because I'm not really a reader. Right. I'm not really a reader. I, that's not in my personality, but I will watch documentaries that you share with me. I will listen to your stories. I will eat with you. Um, I just want to be open during yeah. this well, time. Well, I think that when you're saying that, I think I watched that same video that you sent me, and I think the lady was saying, don't demand that we give you, that we Hello educate down. you. Right. You know, don't demand it from us, but let's have a conversation. Right. Yeah. You know, um, so like we're doing right now. I think one of the things that, like, uh, I think we were talking about earlier, Eva, about, um, feeling the pressure to speak or not to speak mm. and I think like on Facebook you know I posted something on Saturday night and got some lashback for it um, and I kind of took it 
from the avenue of grief because I'm starting to be a chaplain. Hmm. And I was, you know, I was basically saying that the African-American community is grieving right now. They're mourning. Mm -hmm. And like there's there's, you know, these riots and and violence. But when you're grieving, I know like one example I gave to someone to try to make them understand like um, kind of like what somebody might be going through when they lose a loved one is like mm. it's like a, a parent losing a child and that parent committing suicide mm. right would you know do I agree with that necessarily no but the pain is so unbearable that they can't imagine living without their child and so what I'm trying what I was trying to get her to understand and even if she didn't agree with me I was just trying to get her to understand because I think this is about trying to get people to understand what's happening because I'm I'm not African-American I I can understand like probably the bare minimum just by hearing what everyone is saying and sharing but I haven't lived that life and I haven't lived in fear for my life because of the color of my skin and so um, and so that's one of the questions I want to ask do you believe that what's happening right now in the black community or even with other people that are trying to understand what's going on uh, what's happened over the last well George Floyd is just the icing on the cake it's just this is this has happened hundreds and thousands of times before this is not the first time but do you believe that the black community is going through a grieving process right now absolutely yeah, yeah, I agree. And it is rageful. I, I definitely think, um, you know, um, protest is important because, you know, you have to speak up, you know, like, okay, as a community, as a black community, as a minority community, um, you know, if discrimination is happening, we need to address it. Um, if if we are Christians in one hand but then we discriminate on the other hand that needs to be addressed like I think um, you know we may not completely understand every experience that every person of every background may go through but right. it's, on, it's important to be open to listening and learning and, and so on but um, yeah it's, it's, it's an important discussion because you know, it's a long time, so it's kind of like children of Israel, you know, like, you know, um, even even in that situation, God's people, they were, you know, they were going through a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of, uh, I imagine, similarities to the black community. So it's important for them to speak up and to, uh, you know, express concerns that they have um, you know experiences they have and um, you know naturally the tendency is to be angry but I think it's important for you to channel that energy appropriately right to right. effect change efficiently yeah. right right and yeah. I liked uh, what what many people know him as um, the free hugger I don't know if you saw that so he's known as the free hugger you can look him up um, he's pretty famous, but he actually flew from L.A. to Minneapolis to mm. help with the cleanup. And he had, uh, he was also um, from L.A. area and had gang background. And he said that that, as a child, was not helpful for him to see the graffiti, to see the torn down buildings. So he came to give his service and to help the community. 
even though he wasn't judging their grief or telling them this isn't the right way, he just said, um, it's, it's, it's not really beneficial for this to take place because you're kind of like cutting off you know, your right hand or something, because this is your community and you're destroying your community. So how can we build up our community and talk about it? So I really liked if I if I were this man, if I was a free hugger, I don't think that I would have got anywhere because of the color of my skin. I don't think I would have been as effective, but him coming into the community, having experienced racism firsthand and growing up in a very poor community He's where- He's an African-American. Yes, okay. and, and growing up in the, the hard side of LA yeah. and having that rough life, he's able to, to come in and be the change. Do you know what I mean? And many people volunteered and I just love seeing that is what we need to be doing is gathering together and being understood. And I, right, right now, I think it's a good time to just, if y'all have some, unless you have another story, but I'd like to kind of wrap it up on some things that we can be doing, some things, conversations that we can be having, if any of y'all have any uh, um, comments uh, to that. I'd like to say, uh, one of, we're talking about empathy. One of the hardest, some of the hardest conversations I've had, I've, I have family members that are, are cops. I have friends of mine that are cops and having conversations with them and being on sometimes polar opposites but then trying to understand and and uh, a friend of mine who works here in Fort Worth who's a cop and I being shot at before and he said you know he's like when I go to a car he's like I don't he's like I don't know who's inside he's like I don't know what color the people are that are inside he says but any car that has dark tint and I'm approaching as a traffic cop this I don't know if they're gonna pull out a gun and start shooting at me he's like you, you, he's like there's no worse to describe the feeling and when he said that right then and there I had empathy like I was right. imagining that right 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 so I get that aspect um, and I, I I would say this I would charge you with this have those conversations but get them to understand where, where we're coming from as well and what we're tired of seeing and and also the fact that uh, a lot of times in solidarity they won't speak up against something that they see that's wrong Right. And this friend of mine, he, he said, I can't say this sometimes at the force. He says, but I will say this. He's like that. That video is wrong. This video is wrong. This one I have questions about. And we'll have those conversations. And sometimes they're rough. They're hard. But it's important for us to have those. So there are so many things I still want to say. Hey, but we'll, we'll be here all night. Preach, so sister. That's not <laughs> how, how many minutes we got. No, no, I no. This is this is to wrap it up. But. Conversations are important. Um, educating yourself is important. But the way you do it is, yeah, t you know, if you come up to someone and say, hey, you know, I want to understand more. And they're like, hey, go do your own research. I'm not here to teach you. To okay, well, I wouldn't take on that attitude. Because find a better teacher. I'll take, find a better teacher. <laughs> I'll find, a, I'll take the opportunity. Yeah. I, do, I, I do believe that people are uh, responsible for for seeking the truth yes whatever we're talking about within any realm right yeah. so even within this context you're responsible of, as a member of society especially seeing the climate we're living in to go educate yourself but i am also not going to reject you if you come to me and i see that you are you really have a an interest in you're not here just to argue or to impose on me how you think I should protest or not or etc then I'll take the opportunity but we also have to as you educate yourself look at the historical context of the black 
American life. People fail to see that in many, in, in many, many instances. Look at the history and look at why, you know, I'm going to be open here and say, a lot of people will say, oh, why are black people so ghetto and why, and all this stuff. There's a reason. There's a there's there's a set like them two ghettos. There's a systemic <laughs> yeah. thing going on. Okay, and yeah. I'll give you all some. Maybe you've already watched the documentary that I would suggest watching. But um, the last thing I'll say is this. You know, as a physician, um, I do clinical research. But you know, when we're in school, they teach us that a lot of the sim a lot of the syndromes and such that you learn. It's okay when a patient has this and this and this and this and that okay it's most likely this syndrome okay um and you look at and you look at patterns the medicine has a lot of patterns but whereby you identify certain diseases right mm -hmm. you get lab test results and then you get the imaging and the, okay the pattern of these things put together indicates most likely this disease when you look at today in society and the pattern of of police encounters and the black American experience, um, it, it is very mm. indicative that there is a racism problem that is very deeply rooted in yeah. society. Right. And I'll leave you with this homework. Look at the percentage, I'm not going to say them, I know what they are, but just, so, just to, to pique your interest, okay? Look at the percentage of the population in the US that is African American, now go look at the percentage of in, in the U.S. Of, of, of incarcerated, of the inmates, what percentage are African-American? And see if that makes sense. That should tell you something is going on here. It is wrong and it is institutionalized. So what is the documentary you're talking about? I think I know which one you're talking about. 13th. 13th, yeah. And it's, called, it's, say, called it's called 13th? It's called 13th. Okay. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say this, you know, it's not a christian based documentary so they'll express themselves in certain ways etc but but if you focus on the pattern that they're trying to yeah. show you there it's 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 unarguably there is a racism problem it's deeply rooted no question about it yes you know just i just wanted to bounce off of something you said I, you know i over the weekend i watched um an interview that martin luther king had on a 60 minutes um, presentation, you know, back in the 60s, and the interviewer asked him the question, like, you know, he, he quoted someone, he said, you know, so-and-so said, you know, I, I'm, I'm Jewish, and I was able to get out of the ghetto, and hmm. the Irish came, and they were able to, like, get out of poverty in the ghetto. Italians came, and they were able to get out of the ghetto. Why, he, and this person who was Jewish said, so why can't the African-American population do that? And he said, because the African-American uh, population are the only they were slaves here on the soil. And so it's just, it's been harder for them. And because of the color of their skin, you're saying that they can never get out of that predicament. And so I thought that was um, a really interesting, uh, I never thought of it, you know, because you think like, yeah, well, the Jews were, you know, there was the Holocaust and a lot of people have had to come out of struggle. And this person's asking, well, why can't, you know, why can't the uh, black man or black woman come out of poverty or come out of, the ghetto and he said because we have been slaves here on this soil mm. and I thought that was really interesting and he even spoke about the riots as well because he asked him about the riots 
And that's where I got the idea about grieving because Martin Luther King mentions that in that interview and he talks about how, mm -hmm. you know, he, he nece wasn't necessarily agreeing with the riots, but he was saying that's like a cry out for like, like for help. Like I, I can't, like when somebody's down, like we were talking about oppression, you don't keep putting them down. You wanna, you help them up. And so like you speak up for them because they can't speak for themselves. And so I think this is what like this conversation uh, is all about, you know, like trying to understand one another, uh, even if you don't maybe completely even agree with everything that's going on, but at least trying to understand uh, where someone is coming from and why they're experiencing or why they're uh, coming out with, like, you know, such anger and outrage. And walk you know? in, just walk in somebody's shoes. Right, show empathy. For, for a day. I think, and like you know, kids, just like Jesus. You know, like one Jesus. of, <laughs> exactly, you know, one of the comments that I got um, was from uh, a family member whose um, husband is a police officer. And, she, you know, she was pretty upset about what I wrote. And, um, and I, I commented back, but then when I reflected on what I said to her, because she's afraid for her husband's life, and I, 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 I was trying to defend my point, I think, more than I was trying to show empathy towards her, and I realized that later, and I said, you know, it really did lack empathy. I really wasn't even trying to really understand how she felt either. And then I, you know, I apologized for my comment, you know, like to her, not necessarily the post, but the comment to her for lacking the empathy that, and I think that's what it's about. I think just trying to walk into someone's shoes, like I think the appropriate comment to her would have been, I'm really sorry about, you know, the fear you're experiencing right for your husband's life and for your children, you know, uh, but I didn't do that, you know. So I, I, you know, I went back and I apologized for that because uh, I thought it did like empathy, but. And I just wanted to make one more comment because I feel like a lot of people are wearing the t-shirt, Black Lives Matter. And you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I feel like, you know, being a Christian, all lives matter. And that's not deniable. Everybody's life matters. But the reason for this movement, Black Lives Matter, is because of the constant oppression that has taken place for specifically many, specifically targeting the African-American community, or I should even, say the even, black Even to community. where people are placed, you know, um, e even to the design of how a community is built and mm -hmm. education and who's getting what. Resource allocation. Ju just not, yes. it's just not equal. And so that is why there's that movement, because why should I wear that shirt, right? Some mm -hmm. people may be asking, why should I wear the shirt Black Lives Matter? Mm -hmm. But it's because when you know the statistics, and the numbers, it makes you start having a little bit more compassion. I work in birth photography, and for the last probably five years, the community's really been pushing Black, Black Lives Matter mm. because of the mortality rate mm. among women you see in it. the mm -hmm. hospital and the mothers that are dying and the children that are dying. And so when you have those statistics and those numbers, and it keeps on, it, you know, the white person might say, are they talking about that again? Right. But if it was your mom, if it was your baby, once again, empathy for our brother or our sister. Amen. So that's why, that's why we need to get that shirt. Not because we don't believe that all lives matter. We do believe as Christians that all lives matter. We're not saying one life matters less or more. We're saying this community, this community of, of, of um, fellow sisters and brothers in Christ and our world is that part of our community is suffering. I don't know if you want to add anything, it's, but right, it's disproportionately, it's being left behind, you know, so that all lives are here except for 
the black community so we're trying to say black lives matter right, right? so if all lives matter this is the one that's being left, left out left of that out. all right, so right. we're saying black lives do that's matter. the sadness <clears throat> and the anger and the frustration yeah i think um you know <clears throat> as christians we have to support both those in our community or fellow sisters and brothers who may be oppressed or whatever and it's important for us to have conversations talks so that you know we peel back the layers so that we could get to know each other um, on every level and so and when we do that we actually solve some of the problems that we have so we don't have time for hate we have time for love you know we have a, a heart of service in our community so we just we hope that you've enjoyed our show we want to have another one in the future we want to have many in the future and we just ask for your comments your love your support and in your own home in your own community that you'll start having conversations if you haven't already uh, begun to do that process with your friends and your family your community thank you thank you thank for you. having me all right well thank you for coming yes. we really appreciate your feedback and your comments and um yeah it was good great many blessings Oh, and keep looking up. Don't give up. Hold on to Jesus. Amen. That's right. That's all we got to do. Yes. <laughs> Until next time.